the Bible Study Podcast, episode 607. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Mark as we continue with chapter 14. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We left off after two sections of chapter 14. We'll continue on today. Don't know for sure whether we'll finish it. When we left the disciples and Jesus, they were at the Last Supper, or they were at the Passover meal, the Seder, and the specific one that we call the Last Supper. And Jesus had changed this meal with some very new words they weren't used to. And then we get Jesus predicts Peter's denial. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. After I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. So Jesus, I think, is telling them this to prepare them because they're about to go through this very, very difficult time. They're at the end of Monday, Thursday. They're about to get into Good Friday. And he knows that they are weak. And they think they are stronger than they are. And I don't know about you, but I sometimes think I am stronger than I am. And so he tells them, you're going to be afraid. You're going to fall away. You're going to deny me. And they're sure it's not going to happen. We shall see. Gethsemane. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went again and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough, the hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And so Jesus went just a little to the east of Jerusalem. You can go to the Garden of Gethsemane today. It is on the Mount of Olives, at the foot of the Mount of Olives. And there is a church there now, a lovely church, and the garden as well, because it is a significant spot for Christians. And I think this is a significant set of verses. We look at it as Jesus getting ready for what he's about to go through, and I think that is true. And we look at it as these sleepy disciples, and that is also obviously true. But the significance of these verses, I think, is useful to understand as we sometimes try and water down Christianity and say that it is one road of many. 
even people who believe in Jesus and believe he is the Son of God and believe he was sent from God sometimes say, well, yes, but that doesn't mean I want to say that all those other religions are not true. But we have to understand that when Jesus is praying here in the Garden of Gethsemane, he is, according to Luke's account, literally sweating blood. He is so distressed. He is so troubled. Overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death is what Mark says. And he says to the Father, Abba, Father, Daddy, is what Abba means. It's that, it's that very familiar term. Everything is possible with you. Take this cup from me, not, but yet not what I will, but what you will. And another version says, if there's any other way, let's do that. If there's any other way other than the cross, if there's any way to restore these people to you, which I know is what you desire, if there's any other way, let's do that. Because Jesus is about to go through agony, and the answer is, there's no other way. There's no other way. The price of sin has to be paid, and it has to, someone has to die for this sin. It can be us, or it can be Jesus, and he chooses that it is him, but at great cost. But he also gets that answer that there's no other way. Jesus arrested. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. Then they seized him. He fled naked, leaving his garment behind. Couple different things about Mark's account. He doesn't mention that Jesus heals the servant of the high priest's ear as it does in other accounts. It just wasn't the story that Mark was telling. And then he has this odd story about this young man wearing nothing but a linen garment who is running away naked. And there has been long speculation among Christians that one of the reasons that Mark is telling this story of a young man is that at the time of Jesus' crucifixion and death, Mark himself was a young man, and we wonder if that might have been Mark. And so he is betrayed. He is betrayed by Judas with a kiss. I do wonder why they didn't recognize Jesus and needed a sign. He has been preaching in the synagogues, and is there anyone else who is better known at this time? But that's the way it worked. Jesus before the Sanhedrin. They took Jesus to the high priest and all the chief priests. The elders of the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands 
in three days will build another not made with hands. Yet even their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses? He asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists, and said, Prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. And there's a number of things that are illegal about this midnight trial here, and not the least of which is they're trying to get people to come up with false testimony against him. They are at least trying to get the test. They are at least trying to get the testimony of at least two witnesses, and they failed to do that, and therefore they can't charge him with anything at first. And they finally charge him with the truth. They charge him with him saying that he is the Son of God. Now, of course, they charge him with blasphemy for that, which is not our understanding. They charge him with telling the truth, but they say the truth is a lie. Just because someone says the truth is a lie doesn't make it so. And we always need to look at the motives of those who are doubting truth. And so they condemn Jesus in this kangaroo court here, held in the middle of the night, which is not when it was legal to do it, held in secret for fear of the crowds. Some of the other Gospels go into more of the political machinations that are going on because there's Annas, who's the father of the high priest, and there's Caiaphas, who's the high priest, and Annas is still pulling the strings, and and there's all sorts of things going on. But Mark just keeps it simple, that Jesus is that Jesus confesses who he is and is condemned for blasphemy. Peter disowns Jesus. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You were also with that Nazarene, Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you were talking about, he said, and he went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, She said again to those standing around, This fellow is one of them. Again he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you are talking about. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Peter is showing more courage than the other disciples in Mark's account. Now, one of the other accounts, I think John's account, says that John had actually gone in to watch what was going on, but only Peter and John and the rest are scattered. And he does what seems natural. He denies Jesus because he is trying to save his skin. He is afraid. But Jesus told him he would do it, and he didn't believe it. He honestly didn't believe it was possible that he would ever disown Jesus just to save his skin. But he does. And that's how Good Friday starts for Peter, and it doesn't get better from there. But we're going to take that up next week. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at com, or better yet, 
Leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.